Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Angel Deer is a medicine man and offers his work on sacred land through shamanic healing, energy healing, sound healing, breath work, plant medicine, and workshops and events. The Sanctuary is a community for all those who seek healing transformation, ancient wisdom, and a place to come together to create a new way of living and relating. This is the Sanctuary Podcast, and this is Angel Deer. Welcome to another episode of Innovation for Development. It's me, your host, Enrique Rubio. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, this podcast covers everything from curiosity, creativity, innovation, ideas, technology, and we examine how each of those things is related to the development world. Today, I have a great guest, Guillaume Gotoro. So welcome, Guillaume. How are you, Enrique? I'm good. Thank you. Well, who is Guillaume? Well, I like you could say my name fully as a French name. So I'm a French guy and I live in New York now for 10 years. I've been an entrepreneur and a CEO of big companies, you know, back and forth. And in the last uh, three, four years, I've been doing a lot of my focus of my work around social impact and purpose. I've been really looking at how do we bridge uh, meanings and purpose with venture and for-profit corporations. Well, first, I love the concept of finding meaning and purpose in life. But I want to know how do you connect that to the corporate world? How do you, what's the bridge in there? I think a lot of the bridge has to do with true lasting happiness. Because I think if you're seeking just financial achievements or success without purpose, without meaning, very often you end up being unhappy, but maybe look like you're successful. And to me, that's been always my reflection, you know, and maybe we'll talk more about that after, but there was a moment in my life where I really looked at success in a different way than what I learned before. And I was like, okay, so maybe happiness can only happen if we are on purpose, if we are already doing what we're supposed to do. In fact, I don't think people are looking to be happy. I think that people are looking to be doing things that are their purpose. Because when you do that, you become happy. You know, you can already become happy and say, oh, I want to be happy. What do I do to be happy? No, find your purpose, act on it in your career, in whatever you do in your life. And then I think you're successful and you're happy. That is really interesting. I think there's that's a big difference between business entrepreneurs and, and social entrepreneurs. Maybe social for social impact, you need to be driven more by your purpose because you're helping people. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. it's, it's your success depends on how much impact and how many problems you can solve that, you know, people are suffering out there. Very often people think when they start a business, okay, how do I make money? And, you know, what, what are the key metrics? But if I think if you don't include purpose and some kind of benefits, not only for yourself, but for society at large, I think you're missing the point of what it is really to be successful in life. In your experience, is this part of the mistakes that an entrepreneur might make, you know, like focusing only on, on making money and, and probably missing the bigger picture of his or her work as an entrepreneur? Well, I think, you know, every entrepreneur, I mean, every story is different, but a lot of entrepreneurs 
are doing the things they do because they are passionate about it. You know, I, th- I think maybe some of them are looking just for money, but I think a, a big majority are looking because, you know what, it's something they are very passionate about, they have an interest in it. But it doesn't mean always, and not only entrepreneurs, I think the CEO of companies or any other people, you know, very often we do things in life that are not always aligned with our own goals, our own sole purpose, life purpose, and to what it is about. There's a lot of CEO that I'm coaching, and I'm thinking of one guy one now, right now, is in his late 50s, being very successful on the board of many companies, a powerful man, but he feels empty. He has that feeling that he has not been doing what he was supposed to do in his life. And he's, you know, 55 almost. And it's never too late, you know, uh, to do what you're supposed to do. But when I look around and I look at a lot of people around me, I've seen many people that are very successful apparently. But in fact, when you look at their life or when you look, when you know them a little bit better, there's no true happiness. You know, there's a lot of expectation. There's something inside them that's calling them and that they have not been answering for so many years. So let me get a little bit more philosophical here. If you were to inspire people to do more social impact, how do we inspire them to look inside themselves to find that something, that purpose that can drive them to do more for society, for other people? Well, I think you have to find your bliss. You have to find that thing that when you were little, you were doing and you really loved it. Get you really pumped up, get all your energy, get your soul awake, get people when they look at you and your eyes are sparkling. You know, when you're talking, people are like, oh my God, I don't know, I feel such a presence. You want to be in that place when you talk about your ventures. And to me, I think a lot of it has to do with simplifying your life, getting into nature, getting into silence so you can hear that voice. That voice is there. You're born with it. That's who you are. So if you're not hearing it, you know, many people sometimes contact me because they want to find their life purpose. And so I do a lot of work around that. And it's not like Guillaume is going to find it for you, but I'm going to show you how to silence your mind, how to get in touch with something that's there screaming that you can hear right now and be able to just to listen to it. And it has a lot to do going into your body, listening to your heart. I mean, a lot of things that you hear out there, but there's, you know, techniques and tools and things you can do to kind of connect to that. In fact, I tech, that's one of my big goals this year. I'm going to take CEO into a, a wilderness trip. So taking six, seven days into pure wilderness, far from everything, very disconnected. So they can be completely with themselves and connecting to that wisdom that's there. I know you do a lot of work for mentoring and coaching, you know, uh, business people and also entrepreneurs. What do you do for the younger, for the youngest of, of all the entrepreneurs that are just beginning their careers? What would you tell them? What, what's your recommendation for them in this, in the, in the very early stages of, of their entrepreneurship passions and dreams? One of the things is telling them all the mistakes I've made <laughs> and I continue <laughs> to make. So they don't think that however success people, you think people have or had, you don't see only that side of the story. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of mistake. There are failures and trials and retrying again. Successful entrepreneurs are people that have tried many times and so they failed many times and then one day they got successful. That's really the story out there. 
And if you think as, as, of them as Superman or Superwoman, and you think they are invincible, and they never cried, and they never fell on their knees, then I think you're setting yourself up for failure because it's going to be really hard to live that kind of life because no, nobody really lives that life. The second thing I think is really talking to them about truly finding that calling that I talked earlier, taking a little bit of time around that because you're going to dedicate your life to a project for five, 10 years, maybe 20 years, or all your life to it. So you want to make sure it's really aligned with who you are. And the third thing is really to get a mentor, to get a coach, to get people around that can support you, to get people that have failed before you. So it's like your GPS. You know, if you go to a place you've never been before, where the mentor or the coach or the friends that have success or not before, are success or not, are like kind of a GPS for you. They don't tell you where to go, but they tell you where to take a turn so you don't fall into a pit or something wrong. So get a lot of advice. Get good mix between your intent, your purpose, your guts, and the rest of the world is telling you feedbacks and advice. Don't listen to everybody, but kind of do a good mix of both. You know, I have so many questions, but <laughs> I want to go back to something that you said before about failing and succeeding. Mm. And the reason why I want to ask the question is because you're, you're absolutely right. It seems that people who have succeeded in their lives, they never fail. That's kind of the uh, the image that we have, you know, oh, these are super people. Yeah. So how do we kind of motivate people so that they continue, that they keep going if they fail? What would you tell someone who comes to you and says, oh, you know what, I have failed three, four times in my life with different things, and I don't know if I should keep going with this idea or this initiative or my dreams, what would you tell them? I think you need to look at the true story and read stories about the true leaders of the world out there and what happened to them. Read that, you know, the founder of Amazon, when he had the idea of Amazon, went to see 20 or 30 investment firm and they all said Amazon was a stupid idea. Nobody would buy a book online. <laughs> look at Amazon today. That Steve Jobs, you know, was fired from his own company. And if you know, you know, he kind of launched a lot of products that didn't really work. And nobody really bought. And yet, look at Apple today. Or you can look at people, leaders in other spectrum, like Nelson Mandela. You know, he came out of jail in his 70s, very late in his life. And that's when his whole political career really started and become the man he is. There's a lot of famous writers that wrote tons of books. And only when they were either dead or at the end of their life, they get one very big success and they become this tremendous, amazingly known, you know, writers. So when you take the time to go a little bit behind the curtain and read about people and get to know any leaders out there, you would find that common thread. It's called the hero's journey. You know, I wrote recently about it. We all take a hero's journey and the heroes go on a quest and is going to be confronted to challenges, to fight. He's going to fall on his knees, and he's going to die one day to be reborn into that leaders, into really the one that you talk, everybody's talking about. And he comes back from his journey, he shares wisdom, and that's the one we put on the spotlight. But we forgot that the, this hero went on a journey, a very lonely journey very often, tried so many times. So look at the story around of those leaders, you know, and try to remember that that's how it's going to happen. That's how it happens for everyone. And in fact, people that succeed are not the one that never failed. They are the one that we tried and we tried and we tried. 
You're listening to The Sanctuary Podcast with Angel Deer. While you're listening, browse the website at www.thesanctuaryheal.com. I know it's people like say, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I know people that succeed the first time. And hey, it can happen, but it's not the common story. You know, it's, it's not how it happens usually. Not only do I agree with everything you're saying, I also like writing about it, you know, finding your purpose and, and continue the journey regardless of the missteps or, or, the, or the failures along the way. You know, someday everything that happens in your life will make sense for that dream that you are trying to build. So it's fantastic. Is, is there anything that you have seen, at least from the social entrepreneurship perspective, have you ever seen someone going through pain and, and failures and then get up and kind of harvest all the gains of this hard work? Have you have you seen that journey in someone uh, before, at least from the social entrepreneurship side? Yeah, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it around me. I've seen it with friends. I've seen it with clients. I've seen it, you know, on the news. When you already, like I said, you know, pay attention, you know, it's a very common thread because that's how you get stronger. That's how you get ready, ready for your big fight, your big success. You know, it's like you're not going to, to win the Olympic Games if you don't go to the gym every morning. And you're going to have pain if you go to the gym. And then you're going to run your first marathon and you're going to have pain at the end of it. And then you're going to run for local competition and, and national and if you look at sports, you look at, like I said, politics, you look at business, social enterprise, everybody has a story like that. And very often, you know, unless you're born into it and everything was given to you and, and things like that, it doesn't mean you're not going to go through your own journey. But very often people that have really harvested their success, it's because they have been doing all that work before. So how is this journey that everybody has to follow in their lives if they have a passion. How is this journey important, particularly for people living in developing countries? Would it be fair to say that it's fundamental for them to embrace this journey as they do work for their countries? You know, when you live in the developing world, and I've never lived there, you know, so I'm really speaking from a point of view of someone that visited and spent time in, you know, I spent a lot of time in India and Nepal and other developing countries. And what I saw there is that when you're in contact with struggle or when you live in struggle, you know, you grew up in it, either financially or, you know, for your food or shelters or, you know, any type of security that we very often have here and we don't see how not there for everyone. I think you have a relation to success and to happiness that's very different. You know, you that journey is probably embedded into your childhood. That journey is probably embedded into your neighbors and your friends and what you're seeing. So you develop, I think, an outlook at life, compassion, at sharing, at giving, that's very different. You know, a lot of the people uh, my wife uh, runs a charity, and very often she shows me people that give to her, people that are, don't have a lot of money. People that spend a lot of time helping her are people sometimes that maybe don't have that time or, you know, are for them it's caused them a lot to do that. So, but very often people that have less give the most. People that have, you know, the less resources are going to give a lot of money. People that have the things that are, they can't really share a lot, they are going to share it with you. And if you travel the developing world, it's so obvious, you know, it's so frequent. 
So I think as an entrepreneur, when you come from that world, you have those values that are embedded in you. You're not doing it because it sounds cool or you look great or it's good marketing. You're doing it because it's really who you are. And I think that rings very true and it's usually very visible. And connecting with that, I'm sure that this journey that you have been talking about strengthens your or builds your your empathy, which is fundamental in, in the process of becoming, you know, a successful, but also an entrepreneur that is driven uh, or who is driven by by the passions and the dreams and the purpose of, of life. Right. So empathy is, is behind all this. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the what's the role of innovation in all this journey, in all this evolution, personal evolution process that each of us, you know, has to follow? Well, in any, you know, when you look at a problem and we have many in our society, in our communities, you know, as individuals, if you keep trying old recipes that haven't been working, you're going to end up in the same place. So to solve problems, we need innovation. You know, we need new ideas that the old ideas haven't worked. Or maybe, you know, there's old ideas, but they have not been tried. So you need to innovate in the way you bring them back to the market. Sometimes very ancient wisdom from 5,000 years ago. I'm using that with CEO today. <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm innovative in the sense that I'm inventing anything, I'm just tapping into something that has been proven for such a long time. But maybe the format it was presented or maybe the way it was presented, it never reached out to those people. So the way to innovate for me in the way I'm presenting it to them or the way, you know, we're going to use it with them. At the end of the day, we really need to innovate to find solutions to the crisis of population, the environment. I mean, all those things right now are very big problems. And you can see the young generation is really coming up with a lot of innovation because they are very open mind. It's funny that you, that you say that because even Steve Jobs himself, when he wanted to find answers to some of the problems that he was facing, he would look to the sage of the uh, of the masters of the past. You know, he would go to India. He would spend a lot of time meditating and embracing things that that have been already written before, but were not were kind of new to the people of this time, right? So yeah, kind of beginner's mindset that helps you to be very open to, to learning the new and relearning the old too, you know, the things that the things from the past. Yeah, definitely. Guillaume, I'm looking at your Facebook page and you have <laughs> you were leading teaching healing and transformation session recently, I think in Texas it seems. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? To me, so mentoring, coaching, business consulting, and healing, it's part of the same tree. And that's why the, the logo of my organization is that big tree. I see really the healing works I'm doing either through, you know, Reiki or shamanic healing or Tibetan sound healing like I did this weekend in, in Texas and this week uh, is about the roots. It's what is the foundation of your body and your mind. You know, you need to be in good shape with yourself. If you have angers, if you can't really sleep very well, if you have anxiety, if you're using a lot of drugs or alcohol, or if you're going out a lot and you cannot find your center, that body and that mind needs to be in a good place. Then you're going into coaching. So once we've done that work, the foundation, we can guide that energy into the trunk of the tree. That's the trunk of the tree. The sap is going up. We're directing the energy, that's coaching. 
What are the tools? What are the methods you can use to organize your day, your week, your life? And I've planned for it. And then you have the branches, the leaf, the fruits. And that's kind of the business ideas, the social impact, the ventures, all what you're going to reach out, the seeds you're going to be planting. Maybe you're going to be to teaching other people what you learn. All that is the fruits. All that is what you're giving back to the world. So I see that beautiful movement to me to integrate all of them. And in fact, that came from my work with, with CEOs and entrepreneurs where people call and say, oh, I have a business plan ideas or I can't do it or I want to raise money or I have a very big board in my company and it's very complicated and I'm trying to find a balance on how to communicate with them. So you work on business side and work, you know, uh, coaching and very quickly you talk about personal coaching very quickly it's about how do you manage your energy how do you manage your day how do you manage your stress level how do you manage your food how do you talk to people around you you know not only your employees but your wife your friends how happy truly are you deep down because if you don't really look at the roots of the issues at the root of the tree the tree is never going to bear the best fruits you want a big harvest, but you're in a soil that's contaminated and you're not taking care of it and there is weeds and you're not removing them. And so we're doing the work from the ground up. And I think that's when then you can bear, you know, as many fruit as you want. Wow. That is incredible. <laughs> the last question that I usually ask is why is innovation important for development, which I think you kind of already answered. So I want to change it a little bit this time and ask you, if you could say a couple of recommendations for entrepreneurs about finding that balance, uh, a couple of things that they could do every day to, to find that balance so that success is part of the journey, but it's not the end of the journey. One of the important thing is that to dedicate at least 20, 30 minutes a day to your own self-care, to turning inside, and really listening to that voice. Give it a space. Even if you don't hear anything, give it a space through meditation, through prayers, through different type of practices that can allow you to maybe listen to that calling. It's important also every day to take care of yourself in the sense that the entrepreneurship or life is not a race, it's a marathon. It's a very, it's going to take many, many years. And you cannot burn all your energy in six months or in one year and two years and then have nothing left for it. So taking care of yourself through diets, through exercise, through mental hygiene. You know, you take a shower every day, but how often do you take that inner shower to clean your energy inside, to clean your mind? And then you wonder why you can't sleep, why you have anxiety, why you're angry why you need to take alcohol or drugs to kind of self-medicate because you're not cleaning inside. So you take a shower every day. I tell, tell my clients, let's take a shower inside every day too. What do we do for that? So, you know, daily practice, there's a lot of tools that you can use from meditation is one of them, but there's many others to kind of do that maintenance. So you're optimizing your energy and your mind. Wow, fantastic. Thank you so much, Guillaume. I, I really appreciate your time and your words of wisdom. I, I, you know, I've truly enjoyed 
this podcast, to be honest. Very much enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, yeah. Eric. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. I, I really hope, as Guillaume said, that you can you can do the work for your inner self to find your balance, to find your passions, your dreams, your purpose, and, you know, become happy. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to The Sanctuary Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a source of talks about spirituality, personal transformation, energy healing, shamanism, and earth-based practices. For more, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. On the website, you can find out about our events, our retreats, healing offering, our spiritual blog, and you can also register for the newsletter. Again, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. Till next time, this is The Sanctuary Podcast, and Angel Deer, signing off.